with show content like this, I don't know if we need a pre-show. We can just jump right in unless you have problems. We need a pre-show. You can't just go into the show. That's ridiculous. Howdy, it's Monday, June 29th, 2020, and this is episode 128 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Eskin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? My head is spinning. Too much happened today in the world of Atlantic City and Casino Biz news. Yeah, so for the listeners, I did not know about any of this until just now when I looked at the agenda for the first time, because I had not logged into social media today at all, so... You'll get some real live hot takes from me. Yes, the rawest takes. Episode 128. It's a power of two, Craig. As you're getting rarer and rarer every day. Okay. Yeah, 256. That's the next one. Great. Yeah, man. <laughs> Giving you the important news of the day. Thanks for all that math. I think that's actually the most important thing we can talk about. And we don't need to get to the reopening or anything like that until next next episode. Just thought you wanted to know. So what happened in 1928? Not a power of two, by the way. The very famous diving horse show first came to the Steel Pier. It was previously a touring attraction, and Frank P. Gravatt, the owner of the Steel Pier, built a tower for the diving horses in 1928. The touring show came to the Steel Pier and became a permanent attraction the next year. Everyone knows about the diving horses. It is something that Atlantic City is famous for. They were around for 50 years, Kyle, until 1978 when resorts bought the steel pier, shut it down and used it for storage, as anyone would with the steel pier, the garden pier. Any pier is just storage, I think. It seems crazy to, I guess, the world that I grew up in that that was a thing in 1978, right? Remember when they tried to bring it back in like 2012 or something? That was very short-lived and obviously just for publicity, and I don't think there's any intention to actually bring it back, but... It's great. Yes, I do remember that. Like, no, we're totally doing it. We're totally having the Diving Horse show. This is not just to make news. Yes, as people protest against the Steel Pier. <laughs> you have to get an admission pit ticket to to do that, though. Yes, no, no Diving Horse. And that's that, 1928. Not a lot else going on. Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty Atlantic City. The Diving Horse show is very Atlantic City, yes. Something I have to say, and I'm jumping the gun a little bit about Boardwalk Empire, is during the last episode, which I just watched right the second, there was a lot of moments where it's a good show because it's very true to that time, but like, ooh boy, 1920s sensibilities are definitely not very close to modern sensibilities. I look forward to hearing all about them at the end of the episode. It's yeah. not time to talk about that yet, Kyle. So if you want to reach out to us or any of our... <laughs> You're just like, I just watched this episode. I have to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be out of my brain after we're done talking about all of the news about the casinos opening and closing. Yes. So should we talk about that now so we can get into Boardwalk Empire for the rest of the yeah. episode? All right. The news that I was fully aware of before I logged in to look at the agenda is casinos were opening on July 2nd. Which, for the question that everyone really wants to know, we only had one winner of the contest. It was Mike C. who saved us from having to send out 16 shirts, or whatever the number would have been, had he not entered. <laughs> yes. So, Mike C., classic. Uh, you know, the first person I believe we interacted with ever on 
Twitter, if I remember. And uh, yeah, it's very fitting that he won. I'm more than happy to send him a shirt. So Mike, reach out to Craig or myself, I guess, and let us know your, your address and what size you want. And we'll get something sent to you. We had two people put July 2nd in the Facebook comments, but it's very clear. Yes. needed to be in the form. Oh, your your Facebook post could not have been more crystal clear about what the requirements were. It's like, you know, when you're applying for a job and they have directions, and if you don't follow them, you immediately go into the scrap heap. That's basically what you what we did with uh, this contest entry. Correct. Those two people can feel pride that they were right, but no mm-hmm. pride about but filling sh- it. Not shame in not getting an amazing do for a win t-shirt, as they could have done. Does Mike C already have a do for a win t-shirt? That's another question. Now he has two. I don't remember, but I'm going to lean towards yes. I don't know. It'll be funny when the answer's no, but I, I have no idea. I sent out a lot of shirts when we first got them, and not very many since then. So, July 2nd, opening date. Yeah. Done. That's it, right? That's you it. Everything's it's... opening July 2nd because they everything's can, right? Everything's great. So, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the timetable. I think it's the most interesting way to break down this news, given where we're at now. And by the time this episode comes out, which will surely be tomorrow, right, Craig? Because we're not going to have a one podcast month in June. Uh, All right. I'll take that as a yes. Okay. So, when this comes out tomorrow, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more news that's happened even since this episode. Because it's, it's moving at warp speed right now. Uh, but it came out that... Uh, the governor, Governor Murphy, announced that on July 2nd, casinos were going to be able to reopen. 25% capacity, same thing with inside, indoor seating at restaurants. Uh, but, you know, it came out right after that, like a couple hours later. Everyone would have to wear a mask. But, yeah, 25% capacity. I don't think there was going to ever be any problems with there being lines to get in the casinos or anything. At least that was my take at the time. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the... President Atlantic City had an article where they broke down what 25% was for each casino just based on the fire codes. And it was like 3,000 plus at all the big casinos. I think like Harris, Tropicana, Hard Rock, mm-hmm. all Rebel Ocean, all 3,000 plus. And then the smallest ones, Golden Nugget and Resorts, were like 1,700 or 1,800. So it's still a lot of people on the casino floor at any given time. It's not like we're talking 250 people in, in the casino at any given time. So... Certainly plenty of room for people to get around. I don't know. There was a lot of question about how they would count that 25%, but it seems like it's going to feel fairly crowded if they hit that capacity limit. Yeah, I would say that even when we're there in the summer and it's like pretty crowded, it's maybe it's like it's more than 25% maybe, but I doubt it's ever over 50% or something, right? Like, yeah, that's when it's, like, jam-packed. Like, you know, maybe, like, Hard Rock opening day when we went there. Like, that may have been, like, a little different, closer to capacity. But I think 25% is is quite a bit. I think is a very reasonable number. Yeah. So, anyway, after the announcement that casinos could open came out, uh, Golden Nugget, Hard Rock, Ocean Resorts, TROP, uh, also they were going to open on July 2nd, as did Borgata. Borgata said they were going to have a soft opening, invite-only Oh, right, right, right. And then open on, on July 6th. You're right. Yes. So, and then Caesars said they were going to have an invite-only opening also on the 2nd, and then the public opening was going to be on the 3rd. So, that's pretty much what the state of play was until apparently earlier today, where the governor decided to roll back the planned opening of indoor seating at restaurants. It's not going to happen anymore on July 2nd, and... This apparently has caused a lot of upheaval in the casinos. Borgata came out afterwards and said they're no longer planning on opening it at all that weekend, and they're going to just basically wait and see. Golden Nugget actually released the info that there was going to be no drink service at all on the casino floor because of the rollback of the 
guidelines that indoor restaurants could open on the second. So, yeah, I don't know. Where are things at? Yeah, I mean, it seems like the reasoning is that, you know, if people are drinking stuff on the casino floor, they're constantly taking the masks down and stuff like that. And it's, it's hard to get mask compliance with that. So, like, no drink service at all. No coffee, no soda, no beer, no anything. Well, is it that or is it just are they considering that making it like an indoor eating establishment at that point or whatever? Well, I think that's the reasoning for the indoor eating establishment rules is that mm-hmm. it means that people are not keeping the masks on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they posted on Facebook. The the post from Golden Nugget kind of seemed like they were a bit frustrated at the lack of clarity here with three days to go. It, it is a little last second, I, I do have to say. Yeah, so it's, I'll link to Nicholas Hubis' tweet with the timeline, but at 2.45 p.m., uh, Governor Murphy announced that he was putting a hold on reopening indoor dining and was like, oh, but casinos are definitely reopening. And then at 4.05, Golden Nugget posted on Facebook saying there's not going to be any alcohol in the casinos uh, and saying this is a very fluid situation. We continue to adapt as we receive new information. And then Borgata at 5 o'clock said they are not going to open this weekend, basically saying that it's not the full Borgata experience without indoor dining and all that stuff. And and so they're just not going to open and seemingly are not intending to reopen until indoor dining can be a part of it. Which, on one hand, I'm a little surprised. I mean, it's pretty easy for the casinos just to be like, even just like no table games, like, but they're slot machines. You want to go play slot machines, like play slot machines. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think it's like a slam dunk that it's a bad business decision to open. So I think it's good on MGM for, for, for doing it. I think it's a good thing for them to do and not necessarily beneficial for the bottom line. So the big question is, who else follows their lead? Because, you know, this is only now a few hours old at this point, is, you know, are other casinos going to think about this and, and see, for one thing, that there's now the industry, the leader in in Atlantic City has said that they're not going to open. It kind of takes some of the pressure off them or gives them an opening to do it or makes them re- rethink about it. Or do they say... Oh, hey, there's one less co- competitor in the market. <laughs> Let's make sure we get the doors open. I would think it's much more likely that casinos are going to just not open rather than people like licking their chops, thinking of like all the business they can take from Borgata. Because again, like I said at the top of the show, like I haven't really had time to digest this. So I'm kind of coming up with my ideas on the fly. But the more I think about it, the more Borgata's decision makes sense. It really is a weird situation to go to a restaurant and not be, or go to a casino and not be able to eat and drink, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, presumably you'll be able to do takeout. You'll be able to I'm right. You'll be able to do, do like room service, room yeah. service, right? Or go if there's like you know an outdoor eating area. That's that's fine. But yeah, and some examples, you know, uh, Harry's at mm-hmm. Valley's yep. has the courtyard seating. I believe that's already open. The Valley's Beach Bar is already open. I'm assuming the Hard Rock Beach Bar will open when they can. Golden Nugget has already opened the deck. Resorts has long since opened Landshark, you know, when they could do outdoor seating. So there are definitely places that the casinos have already started opening things as they could. So I would think that that's a reasonable sign that those casinos are also going to try to open. Like I would think that resorts, especially the, the indoor dining thing and maybe even the drink service on the casino floor is not like, maybe the biggest draw to their clientele they bring in people who are gamblers <laughs> um and just want to gamble and and they've already got some other amenities open so i would think that maybe some of the smaller properties like golden nugget and and bally's and resorts are all just going to go ahead and open but i don't know you know for for the bigger like main resort sort of things like ocean and tropicana 
the sort of full experience is a big, big part of, of what those resorts have to offer. So, you know, like, are you really going to go to ocean if you can't eat inside and you can't get a drink? Like that's a big reason to go to ocean over any, but any other property. So it'd be interesting to see if, if any more comes out. And of course it's going to come out before we edit and post the podcast, because that's the way this works. They, I mean, they also have 60 hours or something to make these decisions. <laughs> so it's not like there's that much time to be in with. You'll be in bed by like two. If you edit this tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're sounds, probably going to stay up that late anyway. So. Sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, the other thing, I'm assuming a lot of people who scrambled to get reservations for the second or for July 4th weekend are now scrambling just as fast to cancel them without all these amenities. Yeah. I mean, if you were assuming that you were going to be able to gamble and drink and all that stuff and eat in a restaurant. The more I think about it, the more maybe opening it up is not a super profitable decision. I mean, it's probably profitable for a couple of casinos to do it, but not for the vast majority. Uh, I... If you make me make a guess now, I'll say two or three casinos are going to be open, eh, maybe more. Three or four will be open this weekend, but not the majority. I mean, it's interesting just because of the timeline. You know, obviously a lot's happened with a resurgence in places that have opened up indoor dining and stuff. But it's such short notice that I think if there was a little bit more leeway, places could have said, okay, well, this is how we're going to figure out how to do some sort of outdoor dining where we do offer what feels like more of a full casino experience, even if it's really altered from what you would typically expect, mm. whether, you know, using space in different ways and figuring out how to get people seated at, at restaurant tables that are outside. But, you know, this this amount of notice, like 72 hours notice, there's just no way to really do that and to advertise it in the amount of time that it, that it's necessary or that you're left with. So I think it, it really put everybody in a tough spot. And so... I think at least one other casino is going to just say, oh, you, you know, we're going to wait this out. And I don't know if they're all going to wait until indoor dining is allowed again or if they will just wait until they can figure out some alternative. You know, like Borgata does have their like beer garden and stuff and they could figure out ways to sort of like deliver food to cabanas and stuff. And, you know, I expect that the casinos are going to get in innovative pretty fast about how to do this. But for now, I think it probably was quite a bit of a shock to them. And that's like a big part of why that decision was made for Borgata and, you know, basically take a step back and figure it out. Chuck F. jokingly said in the Facebook group, <laughs> even before today's announcement, that uh, are we going to have a guess the reclosing date contest? I stepped in and I was like, look, man, once things are open, they're going to stay open. Like there might be adjustments, there might be rollbacks, like things aren't going to close again. And then I was thinking about it a little bit. I'm like, eh, maybe if there's like some federal bailout or federal bill passed where if you close like they'll give you some certain percentage of your revenue i'm like then it's gonna be a no-brainer for places to close in the fall but but right after i i'm like you know i don't i don't guarantee things on the podcast it's kind of not my thing but i'm like nothing's gonna close once it's open again then you know like 12 hours after that florida and texas are like ah we went too fast we're just gonna like shut all this stuff down we already yeah. opened and i was like oh i don't think my take is so good anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's so, kind of shocking that they started closing bars. And, I, I, yeah. I didn't expect it, especially from from Florida and Texas. But yeah, they yeah they opened bars and they're like, oh no, that was a big big mistake. We can't do that. So I wasn't expecting that, and I'm kind of pleased on one hand. I do have to say though, just since this is the uh, Atlantic City and Coronavirus podcast, that. People are going to have to figure out some way to have some stasis around, like, the situation and allow people to somehow interact because they can't keep everything closed until, like, next spring or whenever there's going to be a vaccine available. Like, I just don't think that's realistic. So 
Not that, you know, Florida and Texas had opened up quite a bit before then, but I just don't see a lot of appetite for people. I think people did a really good job of distancing for the first few months, but at least around me, when I see people, people seem like they're just about done with it. Yeah. I, there has to be some some way, and, and maybe it's just like, look, just wear masks everywhere, and like that's what's required, but other than that, live your life. Like, if that's going to keep, you know, or not below one, then that's fine, but I don't think there's a lot of appetite for social distancing anymore and just as a matter of trying to be pragmatic about the situation yeah i mean i do sort of wonder if there's this initial rebellion about it of like oh we did our time now it's time to like go out and just be normal again and once that passes that people are going to be more willing to sort of follow the rules if it means that they can do things like go to the store and go to the casino um you know especially like i i totally agreed with you that i did not think things would shut down but now that you're seeing things shut down i wonder if people are gonna say like oh man that, that sucks i don't want that to happen again i guess it's better to like go to the beach bar wearing a mask than it is to just go all sit out at like home to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and and risk closing everything or yeah like you said sit at home so i don't think that's really a possibility but we'll see we'll see i think people seem about done with it so so what's your scale of 1 to 10 casinos with no indoor dining and no drink service? What's your desire to be in Atlantic City at a casino? Two? I don't know. I'm interested to see it and to walk on the boardwalk and see what it's like and go in a casino and see what it's like. But Well, do you know how, how, how crowded it is? I know I see a lot of stuff living in Maryland. Like I know Ocean City, Maryland has been a... Well, a disaster from the public health perspective, but like, you know, it's been like very rowdy and bustling and like zillions of people and none of them wearing masks and et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't know. Have you seen many stories about how Atlantic City's doing? Like in terms of just people being on the boardwalk? No, I think it's been pretty dead from what I've seen mm-hmm. from pictures. Just compared to other beach towns, I mean, I think other beach towns around Atlantic City in New Jersey are getting much more crowded. Um, but Atlantic City, you know, it's a casino town. If the casinos aren't open, they're just not going to draw the same amount of crowd. Like people who are, who are going to go to the beach are going to go to other beach towns. So it would be interesting to kind of like go and stroll around and, and check it out. But to actually make the two hour drive down there and my desire to do that's pretty low until there is more amenities there to make it more of a full trip. Yeah, it's just not interesting to me. Even if COVID wasn't a concern, even if like, let's say I tested positive for COVID antibodies, I don't I don't have any desire to be there. I have a question for you that you would know better than me living there. How's it going in New Jersey right now? Because I know I've read a lot. Like Maryland, we're doing pretty much fine. I know like New York City is doing quite well, I think, frankly, at the moment. So I don't know what the situation in New Jersey is, though. North Jersey's kicking its ass as only New Jersey can. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. The, like the, the curve, it's way, 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 way down. Like it looks like a very true curve and we're very much at the mm-hmm. the low end of it in terms of, you know, positive cases, hospitalizations, and everything. So it's, it's at least North Jersey is doing very well. And New Jersey as a state is doing very well. But I think it's that that doesn't necessarily, necessarily reflect the state as a whole. Like, mm. it, that it's really a tale of two areas yeah. where, like, South Jersey took way longer as, to hit. South as Jersey. is everything in New Jersey, really. I mean, North Jersey and South Jersey are not really the same in any way. Um, but I don't know, you know, if, if South Jersey ever really got hit. It's hard. I mean, it definitely didn't, like, New York area got slammed as bad as anybody. Right. So, but it, you know, New Jersey as a whole does seem like it's doing pretty well. So, I mean, that's promising. And like you said, Maryland, like, it seems like most of sort of this mid Atlantic yeah. area is doing pretty well, and that's good. Northeast and mid Atlantic are doing 
fine, I think. It's um, the rest of the country, I think, that's <laughs> not really doing so great. Right, so that's kind of like a good sign for Atlantic City, but... Yeah. And to be clear, Maryland's not doing as well as, like, New York, like I said. We're, we're doing okay, though. Like, things are fine, pretty much. Up here, we have all just already had it, and so... Yes. I mean, that's that's really what people think about New York. Like, they think it's it's going to be much harder for them to get a big outbreak again because so many people got it in the first wave. Anyway, moving on to more coronavirus talk, I guess. The air show has been canceled. It was scheduled for August 26th. It usually brings about a half million people to Atlantic City, but that's uh, not happening this year. Just canceled. I'm interested to know how they get that half million number. Yeah, like, do, do they basically just mean anybody who in Atlantic City, they can look up at the sky and it's, see it? Yeah, and it's so like that's all the count, people definitely. in Atlantic City currently at that time, whether or not they just yeah. live there or... Or is it's it like, like if they an had increase an, over the previous weekend? Like, that's what if I If they mean. had an air show, like, in any given day in New York City, they'd be like, it brings 21 million people to the <laughs> metropolitan area. It's just like yes. whatever the number of people is that live there. So, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how they calculate that number, but half a million seems like a lot. Yeah. Icon Enterprises has submitted their plan for demolishing Trump Plaza by June 2021, but the city wasn't really happy with that, and of they want it done sooner. Marty Small, the mayor of Atlantic City, says that's smack dab in the middle of our season. My administration's goal is to get it down by the end of the year or late February and time to clean up for next summer season. Uh, so that, you know, June, I think, is a... That is an it is. odd... It's time. a weird time to, to knock that... I mean, it, it makes some sense, but are they just deconstructing it and not demolishing it? Not imploding it. I think the recent stuff has said implosions, which I don't really understand. Because oh. I thought there was like a bunch of hardware in there that they need for boardwalk hall or something. The HVAC, yeah, I don't quite get it. Hmm. I, I don't know if people see demolish and that that's just been sort of taken over as Im- imploded, but like the headline on NJ.com says former Trump Plaza Casino in Atlantic City to be imploded, but then everything in the actual article says demolish. So I don't know if that's just a headline writer messing up or. Or what the deal is. Because everything I've heard is like the day of imploding casinos, that's like, that's done. Yeah. It's not actually that efficient. <laughs> yeah. I Especially Carl Icahn, who I think kind of was, at least back when I first started following this, the scene, uh, one of the things he was famous for is he bought the Fontaine Blue and specifically did not do anything except take it out like one piece at a time and sell every single piece as he took it out. Sold all the furniture to the plaza downtown Las Vegas. Sold every piece of drywall and <laughs> nail and everything he could out of that place. Yep. And then that was supposed to be the Drew. And then the Drew was like, yeah, actually, that's not happening either. Good stuff. Well, why, don't you, why don't you talk about Iron Room? It's 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 your jam. Uh, yeah, I do. I feel like it's sometimes, sometimes it this is the Iron Room was podcast. your jam. Yeah, Iron Room, no more. They posted on Facebook, you know, the typical, like, this isn't goodbye, whatever. So basically said, the Iron Room as you know it is no more. Uh, we will be announcing Iron Room dinners and experiences from time to time with a limited number of tickets available for purchase on a first-come, 1st first serve basis. The chef for Rhythm and Spirits is going to be the chef who was the chef at Iron Room. So the thing about that is Iron Room in its current iteration was you go to, to quote-unquote Iron Room, and they just take you into Rhythm and Spirits and sit you down at a table and serve you the Iron Room menu. So in that aspect, it doesn't seem like that much of a change. It actually seems like more of a clarification of what's actually happening. <laughs> the difference is it seems like it's going to be a different menu, uh, very Italian-focused. The Facebook so- post said, 
Our current menu is inspired by American and Italian culture. Chef Kevin Cronin will bring small and large plates to life, including pasta, pizza, and sandwiches. Expect his global approach to flavor to dominate, but his nod to red sauce Italian will surely win your palate, which I know is everything you want. Would you say that he's going to take you down to Flavortown? I don't know. Are they renaming Columbus, Ohio <laughs> Flavortown? Because I don't really want to go to Columbus, Ohio. I Really? I, it's, it's fairly nice. Oh, been... yeah. oh, interesting. Yeah. So me, me and my wife and my son, who was like eight months old or something. Interesting. Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Who knew? Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of, it seems like it's going to be more sort of like bar food with some Italian entrees rather than the sort of really adventurous Iron Room fare. But I don't, I'm not like mourning the loss of Iron Room because, you know, if it's the same chef in the same space, it really feels more like just a menu change and some clarification on the naming than anything else. Maybe they were just yeah. tired of running two separate Facebook pages, and they're like, mm. "This is annoying. Let's just run Rhythm and Spirits." And yeah, about this. they they hired McKinsey, and McKinsey's like, "You don't need to spend any money on two two social uh, media experts. You can cut that down to one." <laughs> I doubt they. You just need to close one of your <laughs> close one of your restaurants. Yes. Oh, so well, the big thing is if you really loved the Iron Room Coffee Shop, I'm guessing the Iron Room Coffee Shop is no more. I've never been. Never been. Miss, missed out. I think Paul and I went both Never been to Iron mornings. Room, never been to Iron Room Coffee Shop, never been yeah. to anything. Never been to Rhythm and Spirits. Probably go to Rhythm and Spirits next time I'm in Atlantic City when there's indoor dining available, whenever that is. 2021. Probably. Should we talk May data, the most interesting brick and mortar revenue? Oh, have you updated our spreadsheet? Because I did not. I have not. Because Oh boy. It's out of date. Out it's of all date. zeros. Don't you worry. As the podcast listeners want, I will go update that oh my right now. So yeah, uh, $95.9 million total. Online revenue is $85.9 million, which is weird. Uh, where are the $10 million extra dollars coming from, Craig? Sports gets separated, even if it's online sports. Mm. So it's $9.9 million of sports and $85.9 million of online revenue. So that's up from $38.3 million in May of 2019, a 124% increase. So a lot more online gambling than there was a year ago. It's also $13.3 million more than last month. So 16 point increase from April 2020 when there was also no brick and mortar gambling. I don't know that there's a whole lot else interesting to say about this. I mean, it's showing still a little uh, another increase in in demand for online gambling, but I have I still haven't done it. I've kind of given up on the online gambling thing. What do you mean you haven't done it? I know you have done it for a fact. I mean, I say I haven't done it in the last month. I don't think they were getting uh, anything from me in in May, but oh. podcast superstar Justin W. Your formulas are all broken in oh, the spreadsheet no. now because it is doing zero divided by zero to get the month over month. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And as a math major, I will tell you that is not a number that comes back from that. Something surely that everyone could have anticipated when building yeah. the spreadsheet. Well, I was promised that the spreadsheet would be improved by, by this when the order was horribly messed up and I couldn't even read it for months. And mm. month over month doesn't even work. Damn it. <laughs> now that I put that out there, I know it'll be fixed magically one day when I log back into it. So That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, though. Um, it's up a little bit, but uh, 
it's not up a, a huge, huge amount uh, month over month, which is much more reasonable to talk about now than year over year, given everything that's happened. It's good, basically, for casinos. It's going to be interesting, like you said, when when they open just to see how much of this sticks around and how much just goes away when there's other options could be that just this evaporates, right? Or it could be that now people are logged on and you've got the the initial buy-in. <laughs> like people have set up their accounts and everything and now they're in the system and they're just going to keep doing it even if they are also going to the casino. I have a feeling that people just treat it like in, like entirely separate. Like, like I have online gambling, I have in-person gambling, and like I'm going to do both of them as much as I'm going to do them and they don't play off of each other. Like doing one more does not reduce the amount that I'm doing the other one. Mm. but i don't know I, that's my guess i think it it depends on who you are i mean i think some people just really like to gamble and they have a budget for it and that's is what it is yeah i, I don't know i i think it's a little bit both ways i don't totally agree with you i think i think more people than than you might believe just like are like i have this much money to waste every month and it's going towards gambling because they have like a little bit of a problem so yeah. <laughs> interesting or they have this much money to waste, and then it's like that times two because they have a lot of a problem, or you know. I don't know if you know this about money, but you can't save it. So if you have something in your budget, it, you you can't carry it over from month to month. If you have it in your gambling mm. budget, it has to get used. It's like it's like my vacation at work. It's use it or lose it. So oh, I mean, I work in state government, so everything is under different budget line items and if you don't use it for that specific thing it's just lost it's like as, as though you never even had the money like june 30th it's and it's like oh we didn't spend this tech budget gone might as well never even had the money that's like that's how i treat gambling budget you have to use it you just reminded me i need to buy some stuff from dell tonight or tomorrow because i have money on a credit card that i get free dell credits by june 30th yeah by june 30th <laughs> amazing <laughs> do you need anything from dell craig i will no, I don't. buy you a nice mouse or something if if you need something that's what i need a really nice mouse kyle uh, i don't know i don't know whatever your whatever your tastes are craig let me know i will you can send it anonymously sounds good i don't judge anything else we want to talk about before i close things up what a crazy day i can't believe that i was not on facebook or twitter all day missed all of the excitement yeah i mean just like the nicholas huba press of atlantic city reporter nicholas huba uh posts in our facebook group just like one after the other these dominoes falling was quite insane uh big credit to everybody in our facebook group for not turning it into a big fight over bullshit that i didn't want to deal with because i kept clicking on it worrying that like i'm gonna have to delete 20 posts right now aren't i and it just never happened so that was very nice i appreciate that a lot now i'm gonna go on after we finish recording the episode and there's just gonna be a bunch of like you know off-color comments and and memes that are that have to be deleted immediately but you know I would never say that my attention gets divided, but I've been liking some of your posts on Twitter now that I've logged in for the first time today. My posts? Your, you know, do for a wins posts, which are from you. I don't even remember what I posted today. Anyway, if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our wonderful content at do for win.com or buy a shirt. Uh, unless you're Mike C, you've got one coming. Uh, find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, but not YouTube. Uh, reach out to Twitter on Twitter to Craig at Do For A Win or me at Kyle Askin and send Craig some questions to doforwin at gmail.com. Craig, when's the last time you checked your email? Uh, it's been a little while. I keep forgetting. Oh, oh I get it to my on. phone. Though. No, I get it to my phone, so I get it. But I ha- we have two questions. Terrible. We have two questions that were actually in before the mailbag that we didn't answer in the mailbag. And I also 
neglected to mention if them. I were a person that wanted to do any work on this podcast, I would be furious with you for not handling that. But I know, yes. Yeah. So we do have two questions that are still just sitting there unread that we need to well, get to. Well, we'll get to them next week. I think next week maybe it'll be a quieter week or maybe it'll be a huge conflagration. And by next week, I mean in like four weeks when we record again. I have to point out something, though. You said that we owe Mike C a shirt. We don't owe Mike C anything yet. No casinos have opened. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> so it's entirely possible. It's going to get delayed till the third and then like eight people are going to win. Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> no. That, of all the nonsensical decisions that could happen, delaying it one day hours, would be the worst decision possible. Yeah. It's just like, I don't care about anyone's health, but also I hate all of the companies that are also trying to make business. They're yeah. big money. So yeah, I don't know. everybody I don't know. loses. That seems like a very Atlantic it City does. thing it to does. happen. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You're not wrong. So speaking of Atlantic City things to happen, Boardwalk Empire, episode nine. The plot. Go for it. I took no notes, but I can give you a plot rundown. Jimmy is back in town. He made it back on the train, visited Nucky, got his first job, met up with his wife, who was resisting the advances of the <laughs> photographer and his wife. Felt well, not, 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 not of the wife, only of the photographer. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then was also resisting Jimmy's advances. Yeah. It's 1920, man. I have comments, but I'll keep them to yes. myself. All right. It's, it, it's a different time. It's a different time. That's all I have to say. Keep telling yourself that throughout the whole episode. Uh, it, it it came into my mind a lot where it's like, eh, it was a different time, man. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy, who was apparently in close cahoots with his mom. Oh, yeah. What a boss. <laughs> snagged, uh, what's his name? Lucky? Lucky Luciano, yeah. Yeah, and uh, was going to take him out to a field somewhere to do some business, but got arrested en route by Van Alden. Always a character, that guy. Uh, just, by the way, I, I, like I said, I don't have any notes, but mm, great Van Alden episode. He's spectacular as always. He's the one that really makes the show, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable anytime he's on the screen. Oh, he's just so good. Such a good character. He's, it's just perfect. I, I felt, know. I felt intense pain when he slapped the donut out of that guy's hand. <laughs> it's like, oh, the, not the donut. Or whatever it was. I might, I might not have, it was like a donut stick. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, man. You didn't feel intense pain at, when he's just like creepily lusting for Margaret when the other dude was talking to him or. Yeah, like in the middle of like a really yeah. important conversation, he's like, mm, I'm just going to stare at this picture of 16 year old Margaret. Like, yeah, fine. I know. No, that didn't make me uncomfortable at all. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, uh, different, different time. Yeah. So anyway, Margaret's continuing to find herself, find her voice. And, you know, she's obviously going to be a bigger and bigger character, I think, as the as the story goes on. Um, but, you know, made some personal leaps during the episode. We got to meet Edward Bader. He introduced oh, yeah. to us. I mean, he might have been in an earlier episode, but not in a major way. Uh, Naki's had enough of uh, Mayor Baccarat and uh, Baccarat. And it'd be great Baccarat. if he was Mayor Baccarat. That'd be great. And uh, is pitching pitching Mr. Bader on running for mayor, which I guess if you know anything about Atlantic City, you probably can guess the outcome of that election. And then at the end, Rothstein's guys in Atlantic City tried to murder Nucky, or perhaps Margaret. I'm, I'm not really sure. It wasn't entirely clear, I don't think. But uh, didn't end up working out. So, 
you know, everything's continuing to escalate on that storyline. Well, and, you know, Jimmy's starting to sweat, right? Because he's, he's... Jimmy got this. arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but it was taken care of by the corrupt fed. Who got his donut slapped out of his hand. And that was the turning point for him. He was like, nobody messes with my donut. If, if, I'm going to kill if, this witness. If you were that, that fed, <laughs> that would be the turning point for you. Yes. Like, You're such you, a toasted coconut or whatever. You got my toasted coconuts all over the floor. They belong in the bed. Now I'm killing this witness. <laughs> That's I a mean, natural progression. He shouldn't have gone for his gun. That's a good point. Yeah. He did hit him in the head with a rock. Anyways, any other as, notes you have about this episode? As they said on South Park. <laughs> They're coming right for yes. us. <laughs> it was like the first episode of South Park. It was very, it was in the first season for sure. Yes, it was very early. If some notes, I need a 1920s singlet bathing suit. Uh, the bathing suits were really good when, uh, yeah, Margaret and uh, Warren G. Harding's lady friend were out talking. By the way, Warren G. Harding's lady friend is also an excellent character. She adds to the show. Not, not the smartest person in the world. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Much like Warren G. Harding himself. Uh, I liked sort of Margaret's uh, – the thing where, like, you know, she helps out the the dress shop owner to get Nucky to, you know, lower his take on her a little bit. And then the dress shop owner is going to give her something as an appreciation, and she's giving her, like, a dress for her daughter, for Margaret's daughter. And Margaret's like, hmm, that's clearly not what I wanted. And then she's like, oh, well, how about also this very nice ivory brush? And Margaret says, my daughter didn't help you. I did. <laughs> that was great. Uh, it was good. We'll see. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly where they're going with Margaret on on that kind of storyline. I don't know if that's actually going to be what she ends up doing, or I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of two sides of it where it seems like she pretty clearly can influence Nucky in a lot of ways, but also she seems like she's enjoying the uh, yeah yeah the, the, the spoils a little bit yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and also, who is Jimmy's dad? At one point, they're like, "Oh yeah." He, he mentions like, "Do I need to call my dad?" And they're like, "Oh, what? You can't be that desperate." And that's got to be some hint for the future, right? Like Jimmy's dad must be some crazy, important yeah, famous person, someone. Or, yeah, because yep. Jimmy was going to go to Princeton, as you know. It was good. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I think we only have three more left this season. Yeah, something like that. We got all find to watch on. The most reputable of websites. I, I'm impressed that the, yeah, man, who got some major viruses tonight for sure. I'm impressed that uh, they're still kind of pushing Jimmy towards the heel side of things, continuing not to be a very nice person. So it's good to good to see. He did straight up call Nucky a murderer. That was interesting. He wanted Nucky to admit that he was a murderer, not just straight up called him murderer. Also, kind of raped his lady friend. That happened. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but you know, different time. Uh, different time. <laughs> oh man! All right, I think that's it. Yeah, and Van Alden, what a what a man! Just a weird dude. Man. I'm still shook up over the slapping the donut thing. Just don't slap him <laughs> in the donut. <laughs> Just don't, don't do it. I don't know if it's like uh, I'm not super familiar with with the actor or his work i don't know if it's just like if he's the greatest actor of all time or it's just like that is the role he was born for but so good no i think he is uh plays a lot of like very dark characters Mm -hmm. and is very good in all of them oh man michael shannon i don't think i've ever seen him in anything else but he's well known all right i don't know anything else nope that's it 
we'll try to get back in, in under three weeks, assuming there's a similar amount of news in the next couple weeks as there has been in the last couple days. Um, I have a feeling this episode's going to be out of date within two days of when it's published, but we'll see. Uh, I have a feeling this episode's going to be out of date by the time it's published. It's also likely. Hmm. Well, thank you all very much for listening, and uh, I guess bearing with the through the slow summer months given everything's closed but uh we're definitely grateful for your time and yeah reach out to us if you have any questions comments uh, you know whatever for us we'd love to hear them and hope you have a nice couple weeks and stay healthy enjoy your trip to atlantic city this weekend everybody yes indeed i hope i hope you love your water room room water tower water 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 club oh my goodness best atlantic city podcast ever It was like 10 times. It's just like, man, what a different time. Yeah. It's a good show. It is a very good show. Produced by Mark Wahlberg. Indeed. Partner with Bruce Stifick in the running of the Ocean Casino Resort. Sorry, the Ocean Resort Casino before it was the Ocean Casino Resort.